Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. Have you heard of it? I have. I love it. It's been a little while since I've recorded one of these. This is another one of my Think on Your Feet episodes. If you're new to the cast, Think on Your Feet is where I play live on the podcast. How does it work? Just describing a card game. Well, I tell you everything I'm doing and I also tell you everything I'm thinking or most things I'm thinking, not the kind of blind terror that I also think when I do these things. And in that way, we're in it together and hopefully you learn a bit about playing or maybe you learn what not to do through what I do. Anyway, my name's Frank, I'm your host and I'm continuing my playthrough of Dark Matter and it's a face track playthrough. It's my very first time playing it, so you get to hear how I experienced the game for the very first time. I've got my deck to talk about, the scenario to talk about, but let's do story so far. I've been reflecting on this campaign and thinking it's crazy that we're now in the penultimate scenario. And I think it's the design that we did scenarios one and two and then had a choice of three different scenarios to do. And that meant that it felt like we were on scenario three for a long time. But of course, we were playing three, four, and five. And then our previous scenario, which was the machine in yellow, was scenario six. And suddenly now we're in the end game. And it feels like everything is accelerating really quickly. So I think that's a really nice campaign design. Anyway, if you tuned in for the last episode, if you haven't heard it yet, go back and listen, of course. But if you tuned in for that last episode, you will have heard that we use the cryo chamber's dream protocols to enter our own mind. And in so doing, we went back in time to try and essentially find the cultist part of our mind, the body of the cultist that we share, to try to make sense of what we could do. We followed these different leads in the search for Fragment and they'd all basically led us nowhere. But finally, we dealt with the cultist part of ourselves and the resolution of the previous scenario was with the infectious tumour that is the cultist's consciousness finally ejected from your mind. You've unlocked that part of your memories that's been kept concealed by your other self, the ritual to locate the fragment of Carcosa. And that leads us on to scenario five, Fragment of Carcosa. As I've said in all of these episodes, a quick trigger warning, I suppose. I've not played this campaign before. It's fan run, so it could include anything. So just brace yourself that who knows what will be in there. And hopefully there won't be anything offensive or triggering. But if there is, I just want to give you that warning. There is no time to waste. As if it were muscle memory, you adorn the makeshift shrine by installing one of the quantum shards in the centre. Several of the golden discs obtained from the Mygo must be placed in front, aligned to form a syzygy. With the components in order, you pronounce the unspeakable message from Earth. Let the red dawn surmise what we shall do when this blue starlight dies and all is through. Beautiful element there of using what we've collected from those three scenario threes. The golden discs begin trembling, building momentum until they all turn upright and begin to roll around the shrine in one direction. The quantum artifact's hue shifts into a yellow glare before glowing an intense and dense red. The discs spin around and around the surface at different but consistent speeds until they finally slow down to a crawl and fall over simultaneously. Then, as suddenly as it began, the red shard erupts in a fog of nebulous gas blinding you in its flurry. When your eyesight returns, all that remains are the golden discs resting at various locations across the floor. You instinctively recognise this as a schematic of the solar system. 
upon closer examination, a single remnant of the purple shard remains between what you believe is Jupiter and Saturn's orbits. K2PS187 confirms that the depiction is accurate to the current star time and begins plotting a course towards the asteroid. On the way there, you think of the different worlds you've visited and many adventures you've experienced, both in this world and in your own. Throughout every interaction, every quest, is the underlying sense of hope and optimism for the future. This future does not deserve to become another pawn to the Mad King, and you intend to stop that from happening. Again, that feeling of kind of rising action, we've got to stop this now, we've got to crack on. When you arrive, the asteroid does not resemble what you'd expected. The egg-shaped asteroid is about four kilometers at its widest, and looks awfully normal. The yellow color is closer to a murky brown than gold. It is littered with craters and cavities, battered by the harshness of space. Without delay, you suit on and descend onto the surface of Fragment, ready to face the royal princess of Carcosa. Setup is relatively simple, that's quite an exciting opening I have to say. We just gather all the cards from Fragment of Carcosa and Inhabitants of Carcosa, which is the Beast of Older Baron and the Two Spall of Harley from the Path to Carcosa. We put two locations into play, the Surface of Fragment and the Abandoned Lander, and we begin play at the surface. And then we set aside six double-sided locations, four one-sided story cards, Delights, Arrival of the King, For You Alone and Lost Expedition. And we set aside the Bottle of Whispers story asset, and then four enemies, the Cave Dweller, the Beast, and each copy of Spawn of Harley, and we shuffle up. And there's one additional rule here, which is in this scenario, you may be instructed to flip a location to its other side. When this occurs, simply flip the location, keeping all tokens, attachments, investigators, enemies, and other cards on that same location, which will have a different name. Then add clues on that location up to its clue value. Locations with cannot be flipped will simply ignore the instructions to flip it and will not prevent abilities from triggering. So that is curious in itself. Our chaos bag, we have two skulls, two cultists, and two elder things. Skulls are minus two. If you fail while you're at a cave location, take a damage. And cultists are minus two. If you fail while you're at a Carcosa location, take one horror. Straight away, I'm wondering if the flipping will take us from cave to Carcosa. And it will be a little bit like in dim Carcosa, where you're kind of blinking in and out of places. And then the elder things are minus two as well. If you're at a Carcosa location add one doom to the current agenda, or automatically fail this skill test. So when we're at Carcosa locations, we have essentially three Elder Things in the bag. Notably on that, they're all minus twos. So going two up on tests, we could only be failed by a three, a four, a five, or an auto fail. So that's just four tokens out of the remainder in there, which is Elder Thing, plus one, zero, zero, one, 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 two, two. That's 9, plus those 6 is 15. Yeah, 4 out of 19. So that's pretty great. Yeah, vibe for me straight away is cave into Carcosa. That's the feeling. Agenda 1A. The shadows lengthen. Although your scanners have not detected any anomalies within Fragment, stepping down onto the surface still invokes a sense of dread like no other. You can't help but feel like something horrible will happen if you take too long dawdling around. Doom Threshold is null. There is no Doom Threshold. And then in brackets, keep adding Doom to this agenda. That is kind of terrifying. It does mean that those Elder Things, minus two if you're at a Carcosa location, add a Doom. At the moment, they're not too bad. 
but you can't help but feel like something horrible will happen if you take too long dawdling. Kind of scary. Act 1A, in Lost Carcosa, the art on this act card is what looks like a chunk of cheese floating through space, the kind of golden brown asteroid. During the descent, the glimmer of a man-made structure could be seen in the distance, the remnants of the prior cultist expedition. They must have left traces as to how to enter the Grand Palace. Our objective is, if abandoned lander is revealed and there are no clues on it, advance. We start on surface of fragment. The crooked cliffs and dusty craters do not suggest anything artificial. By all accounts, it appears to be natural. And it connects to Red Square, which is the abandoned lander, and then both of those locations attach to Blue Triangle, and we don't know where that is. So abandoned lander just reads, you spot a single structure you recognise as a landing shuttle. This must be where the cultists set up their survey base camp when they first arrived. It's a typo there. It says when they were first arrived. We're pretty much ready for setup. It feels like I've gone through that quickly, but I don't know if I have. Ancestral knowledge has, wow, this is nice, a eureka, a perception, a promise of power, an inquiring mind, and an eye of truth underneath it. So that's just a cool 11 wild icons plus some others. And we don't have any trauma, I don't think. No. So we're starting with five resources. Let's do our opening hand. Working a hunch. I've got a plan. Eye of truth. Enraptured. And manual dexterity. I think this is a pretty hard mulligan. I think we keep I've got a plan and chuck the rest. And yeah, unless we want to slot Eye of Truth first turn... No, I think we do just chuck them because what we want is assets and economy and they're none of those things. So we'll keep I've Got a Plan and we draw a segment of Onyx. Whispers from the Deep and Obsessive, they both get set aside. A Crack the Case, a segment of Onyx and the Virtual Access Key. Right, let's not get involved in the same shenanigans as previously where we get really bogged down in do we put the segments down or not and we've also played the Virtual Access Key. Let's be a bit more thoughtful than last time. Deck shuffled up and we're ready to go. We do also have K2 PS187 in play. I don't think there's a scanning deck, so I'm, I think it's unlikely to be helpful. Amanda does Amanda things, drawing a promise of power. What do we slot? Oh, we reveal our location as well. It's four shroud, no clues, cannot be flipped. The rocky surface is soft to the touch, covered by the ever so light layer of golden dust. Every gravityless step you take imprints your footprint into the ground. Well, for Shroud, hmm. The question really is, do we want to advance promptly? Because we could move to Abandoned Lander, be prepared to investigate. In which case, do we put Promise of Power underneath us this turn? However, if we don't think we're investigating this turn, is the slots, in fact, virtual access key? And our turn could be draw move, see what we're doing. I think maybe it is virtual access key to slot because our hand is two segments of onyx and we don't really want to slot either of those. Plan and crack the case which we want and promise of power which we want. So yeah, virtual access key comes under first action draw. It's burning the midnight oil. Okay, nice. Second action into the lander we go. It's four shroud and one clue. Cannot be flipped. While investigating this location, reduce the shroud by one for each tally mark next to your memories. Well, we're on memories nine. 
So this is a shroud zero. And crack the case would get us zero resources then, because you play that after an investigator discovers the last remaining clue at your location. So that would be step seven, but you'd still be investigating because the test wouldn't have ended. So yeah, so this is not a good crack the case location. We could burn the midnight oil here and grab that clue, and that would advance us straight away. Or, because we know that's going to be difficulty zero, we could last action draw again. We draw heavily with this deck. I'm a bit wary, you see, of drawing and just last action hitting an enemy, as in you know, investigating and last action hitting an enemy. I think we do draw. It's wit and green. Okay, that's a possible ally to play. Upkeep draws us perception two. We go up to six resources. We hit our first doom. I really hope this is not as bad as I fear it will be. And our encounter card is Echoes of Tisilda Mind. Disgusting art. Surge, peril hidden. Revelation, secretly add this card to your hand. Reaction, when an investigator would be defeated by horror, cancel that horror and add this card to the victory display. And it says if you're not the only undefeated investigator remaining that investigator cannot be you. If you are not the only undefeated investigator remaining, that investigator cannot be you. I am the only undefeated investigator remaining, so it can be me. If I'm going to die from horror, I cancel the horror, and I add this victory one card to the victory display, but it surges into irresistible truths. Revelation, test intellect three. If you're at a Carcosa location, you must commit all eligible skill cards to this test. If you fail, take to horror. Flavour, it speaks to you. So we are already at a four on three here. I am tempted to commit this perception that I have in hand here because I have another perception underneath ancestral knowledge and I would very much like to draw more cards to give us a view to playing something. So I'm going to put in the perception two. Two, four, seven on three. Skull is a minus two. We're not at a cave. We do pass. Five on three, we draw one card. Oh no, two cards. One, two. One of them is obsessive. That's that resolved. So Amanda does Amanda things. Discarding the virtual access key. Drawing another card. It's the dream diary, dreams of a child. And we have to pick what to slot. Just sorting my hand a little bit. I can't choose echoes of... The hidden card, right? Echoes of Tisilda. No. Hmm. I kind of want everything in my hand. I think we have to slot the Promise of Power here. Because I don't want to slot Occult Invocation or I've Got a Plan. I don't want to slot Crack the Case or Burning the Midnight Oil. I don't want to slot either Segment or Dream Diary. And Wit and Green I don't mind slotting. But yeah, so be it. I think now we're suddenly stalling, but that's okay. So now at the start of my turn, Obsessive triggers and discards a non-weakness card from my hand. It's Witten. Okay, that that's about as good as it could have been. So I'm going to clear Obsessive and I'm going to play Dream Diary Dreams of a Child, dropping me to seven cards in hand. And that's my turn. It would have been nice to advance this turn, but I'm going to hope to advance at the start of next turn instead. That seems okay. And because I'm seven cards in hand, I'm not going to use Ancestral Knowledge to pick anything else up. It's a shame the Promise of the Power doesn't do anything, but in terms of the snipes, that's been all right. Upkeep. 
we draw an eye of truth, go to five resources. Mythos, we hit two doom of infinity, and we draw scene shifting. Surge, revelation, you must either choose one. Place one doom on the current agenda, or move each enemy one location towards you. Each enemy at your location immediately attacks you. Well, there are no enemies in play, so picking the second option wouldn't change the game state at all. So we just add a doom, which takes us to three doom. And that surges into irresistible truths again. Well, now we're a six on three here. And I'm not going to put anything else in. So I do end up adding a curse to the bag. Three up. Minus three. Pass. Just. Amanda does Amanda things. Drawing an occult invocation. Discarding promise of power. I think probably slotting an occult invocation. We hold the eye of truth for him. We need the icons. Yeah, let's do it. And then as our turn begins, Dream Diary picks us up Essence of the Dream. First action, we're going to play Burning the Midnight Oil, taking us up to seven resources and investigate here. We are a three on zero. Cultist, minus two. If you fell and you're at a Carcosa location, take a horror and not at a Carcosa location. I get the clue. I'm not going to crack the case for zero resources. And we advance. Well, that's a lot of text on the back of Act 1, where all is lost. Hidden within a compartment of the abandoned shuttle is a two-sided map of the asteroid created by the cultists during their initial exploration. Two-sided. On one side of the map, there are drawings of vast and tunnelling caverns spreading throughout the interior of Fragment. When you flip it over to its other side, the map depicts something else instead. A grand palace with hallways replacing tunnels and majestic chambers in the place of subterranean cavities. It appears that there are certain weaknesses in the veil of reality that allow the explorers to temporarily shift certain places into the dimension known as Carcosa. If the investigators have watched Air to Carcosa, we do a thing. I'm pretty sure I've not done that. Was that? We were given an opportunity to watch something, weren't we? Yes, I'm just checking my campaign and I haven't. Studying the map for a while does not register any memories. You take the map with you and begin the search for the caverns, the entrance to the realm of Carcosa. Put all set-aside two-sided locations into play, cave side face-up. Spawn the set-aside Beast of Alderbaran enemy in the Cyclopean caverns. Putting these locations into play, it reminds me immediately of Depths of Yoth. So I've put our location at the top, and below us we've got the hidden passage. A crack in the slab, hidden within the vast sculptures of the asteroid, the passage leads to a dark and complex system of caverns underneath the surface, two shroud and a clue. That connects back to the surface or the abandoned lander, and it also connects down to the bottomless pit, four shroud, and no clues. After you enter bottomless pit, Move to any other non-surface location, take three direct damage, and lose all remaining actions. Now, how do we get down there? That is pretty nasty, and that's the only place we're connected to, but I haven't read Act 2 yet. And then from there, that connects back to the Hidden Passage and also to the Ice Cavity, 
which is six shroud and a glue. The Cyclopean Caverns, which is four shroud and two clues. And the Stalagmite Forest, which is two shroud and a clue. The Stalagmite Forest, forced at the end of your turn, if you're here, you take a damage. Stalagmites and Stalactite adjourn this... I think it should be adorn this massive and particularly perilous underground pocket, not adjourn. The Ice Cavity, it is six shroud, but it gets minus one shroud for each connecting cave location. And currently it connects back to the bottomless pit, pit, down to the Cyclopean Caverns and to the Impossible Ravine. So it's actually three shroud. Abnormally cold air siphons through the cavity, chilling you to the core. And the Cyclopean Caverns... Four shroud, two clues, three trigger. Investigators at this location cross out one tally mark next to their memories as a group. Choose any cave or Carcosa location and flip it to its other side. And finally, there is the impassable ravine where the cultists disappeared. It's four shroud and a clue. You cannot enter impassable ravine from connecting locations. And it's connected to by the stalagmite forest, and the cyclopean caverns and the ice cavity which means we could enter it from the hidden passageway or the bottomless pit. Free trigger if there are no Carcosa locations in play and each undefeated investigator is at this location, read the set-aside Lost Expedition story card max once per game. It says you cannot enter Impassable Ravine from connecting locations. Does that mean you can enter it from non-connecting? No. It's just saying you cannot enter. So what I just said then was not accurate. You can't just walk in from the hidden passageway. Let's read Act 2, because I think we need to... Oh, and we need to put the beast somewhere in the Cyclopean Caverns. That's the Four Shroud 2 clue place. So the beast, 3 fight, 7 health, 5 evade. Massive, and while assigning damage or horror from beast, you must assign as much damage and horror as possible to a single card before assigning it to another card. One of my favourite pieces of art in Arkham. You can quote me on that anytime you want. It's something about the fact that it seems like it has sort of clawing hands, but they're also just these weird spheres. It's very confusing, and I love the sun rising behind it, the twin suns, in fact. So let's look at Act 2A. The heir to Carcosa. You must find and confront Tasilda in this reality-defying asteroid before she's elevated by her father and spreads the madness of Carcosa throughout the colonies. Our objective is find the Royal Princess of Carcosa. You'll be instructed when to advance. And as a free trigger, if you're at a cave or Carcosa location, spend one clue as a group, flip your location and all connecting locations to their other side. The abandoned lander and surface of fragment cannot be flipped. So if I move into the passage, the hidden passage, and flip it, it will also flip the bottomless pit, which is kind of nice. As before, I've looked at the scenario FAQ, just to check that there's nothing that is problematic in the scenario. I've got one person who's written, my brain is dying, why would you do this? Addressed to the designer of this campaign, and they've replied, I am so sorry. And then there's another question, how do you get the abjuration of the throne? And the reply is, it's possible by the current rules of the game. Hint, you'll need to rethink what you've done in a different perspective. All I get from that is, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh, this is worrying. And just double-checking, should I have lost my clue? No. So I have one clue, so I can flip Hidden Passage. And we've got two actions left. I feel like a good turn would be... We've got two actions, so move down to Hidden Passage and maybe try and get the clue there. And we're on eight cards in hand. So we could either think about committing something, like Essence of the Dream, or cracking the case, but it's only two shrouds. So yeah, we'll move down and then we'll we'll take a clue. So... 
I can't see a way to advance from the cave side. One path here is to move into the bottomless pit. Well, hang on. I'm going to hold that thought. I'm going to do this investigate. I am a three on two, and I'll put in Essence of the Dream to make me a five on two. Minus two, clue. Okay, now I'll get back to that thought. Essence of the Dream returns to the dream. One option is we can move around some of the lower section, but each move we're going to make is going to more or less put us into the bottomless pit, because we could move into the bottomless pit taking three damage, and then we could move out of the bottomless pit to, say, the stalagmite forest. And if we end our turn there, we take a damage. And then we could move from there to the Cyclopean Caverns, and then we're dealing with the Beast of Old Baron. And or similarly, we could move from from the bottomless pit to the ice cavity. In all of those locations, we could then be flipping if we want to. But it's just what we do with those locations. I wonder if we need to get to the impassable ravine, because that says if there are no Carcosa locations in play, and each undefeated investigator is at this location, we get a story card. Hmm. Anywho. I don't think we flip with no actions left. So upkeep draws us a second I've got a plan. I'm going to start my chant for a DES soon. Our hand is Echoes of Tisilda, two I've got a plan, two Sedan of Onyx, an Occult Invocation, a Crack the Case, and an Eye of Truth. And we're at eight resources. I've got to remember that our resources do disappear quickly, and we hit four doom. Our encounter card is Song of Your Soul. Put Song of Your Soul into play in your threat area. Forced at the end of the round for each event in your hand, either discard it or take one horror, then discard Song of Your Soul. So that would be a cool four horror. Not great. Maybe we try and get the crack your, the case out of hand at some point. Amanda does Amanda things. Do we want a perception or anything else? I don't think so. Drawing us in obscure studies. I think we slot the other occult invocation underneath us. And we can always swap the Obscure Studies back in if we want to and we take three horror. And then we spend a clue and we flip the hidden passage. Spend one clue, flip your location and all connecting locations to the other side. We've revealed Palace Gates, which is two shroud and a clue. You cannot resign while Palace Gates is in play. The beautiful and decorated entrance to the palace of our royal family. And the bottomless pit has become a spiral staircase. It's three shroud and a clue. When it flips, move each investigator at Spiral Staircase to a connecting location. So if we flip it, we don't end up entering Bottomless Pit. It sort of throws us out to one of these other locations. Only a few more steps. Our turn could be, with our three intellect, investigate, move, investigate and crack the case. That seems pretty nice to me. We pick up Essence of the Dream. We're probably taking two horror at the end of this round, if I play this right. So first action we'll investigate, and we'll do the old switcheroony to put obscure studies underneath us. We haven't taken anything from Ancestral Knowledge yet. All of the cards under there are great. I feel like I can get work done with this hand, and I've got to remember that I can play segments, so I don't need to worry about overdrawing. So yeah, we'll just we'll hold on at the moment. That takes us to five up for this test. Uh, five on two. 
now I'm having said that and thinking, do I actually, before I draw, pick up Eureka and commit Eureka? We go to six on two, and potentially we look for, say, a Pathfinder or a DES. I think so. Six on two. Minus four. Wow. Okay. That's a pass. We get the clue. Top three cards are Pathfinder, Inquiring Mind, or Manual Dexterity. We immediately take the Pathfinder. Second action, we play Pathfinder for three. We're down to five resources. And then we Pathfind down to the Spiral Staircase. Can we afford to take three horror this turn? Because if so, we will keep Occult Invocation in hand. And investigating here will commit Essence of the Dream, taking us to four up. Nah, I think we keep Essence of the Dream and we do commit the Occult Invocation, taking us to three up. Plus one, four up. That gets us the clue here. And we will crack the case, getting three resources. And we'll pay one and put down one segment of Onyx. We could put down both. We're actually down now to just six cards in hand. And I think we keep it if we get a DES, if we're lucky. I will then at least get one draw from that segment of Onyx. I mean, it's funny. The way I play DES is like hoping that every single card earns me a draw from something else. And of course, that's not always the case. For instance, Ancestral Knowledge now. Promise of Power has gone. Perception has gone. So only Inquiring Mind or Eye of Truth could get us draws. But I'm like, oh, two precious draws. Why not? Upkeep. Well, unless we um, unless we flip our location, I think we stay and we flip at the start of the next turn. Oh, and when we flip our location, it will also then flip the palace gates, the ice cavity, the Cyclopean caverns, and the stalactite forest. Hmm. It's going to be one of these things. I've just realized that, of course, it's one of these puzzles where... If you flip the wrong thing, it will turn parts that you don't want flipped over. And indeed, the impassable ravine to get Lost Expedition, you'd need to get in there with everything else not that way. Hmm, that's curious. Anyway, upkeep. It's an inquiring mind. See? See? We could get a DES draw. We hit eight resources thanks to our fantastic crack case. And at the end of the round, we have two events in hand, the two I've got a plans. We are set up to kill the Beast of Aldebaran now, should we wish to. And we'd be fighting at a good number, depending on what we put on us. And then we discard Song of Your Soul. We hit five Doom of Infinity, and our encounter card is Hasta's Domain. Put it into play next to the agenda deck. After you flip any number of locations, take a horror. Test Willpower 3 or Agility 3. If you succeed, discard Hasta's Domain. Ugh. Well, I was going to use that to kind of teleport us in. Amanda does Amanda things. Drawing a segment of Onyx. Well, there goes that DES plan. What do we put underneath us? Maybe this is Essence of the Dream Time. Do we just go and try and kill the beast? Move in. We'd be a four, five, six, five, six. No, we put an Inquiring Mind underneath us. Seven on three, seven on three. Then we don't need to worry about the beast. Let's do it. And if we pathfind in, we would have an action left, which could be to try and flip Hasta's domain. 
I'm not missing anything. You can move from cave to Carcosa, no problem. And yeah, they're connected. Let's do this then. We'll pathfind in. We're engaged with the beast now. We could lose a memory here to flip a cave or Carcosa location to its other side. So hang on, let me just think about this. Yeah, this is a brain burner for sure. I'm just wondering, it's one of those puzzles where when you press one button, certain lights go on and certain lights go off. I don't know what they're called, but for instance, I've seen them in various computer games. Potentially what we do here is use this free triggered ability to flip the impassable ravine, Carcosa side. We'd go back to the palace gates and flip those two back to cave side. No, because we'd need... When we're in the impassable ravine and it's Carcosa side, we want the adjacent locations, which are the ice cavity and the cyclopean caverns. Oh, and the stalagmite forest to all be Carcosa as well. I oh, know that. Okay, that works. So we'd flip it here, then we'd go back. So what I'm thinking is if we want to try and be in the impassable ravine and we want it Carcosa side, this is assuming we can get in when it's on Carcosa side. When we flip it back to cave side, it says if there are no Carcosa locations in play and each undefeated investigator is at this location, read the set aside lost expedition story card. When we flip it from Carcosa to cave, it also flips every adjacent, every connecting location to that other side, which would mean that the ice cavity would need to be Carcosa, the Cyclopean cavern would need to be Carcosa and the Stalagmite forest would need to be Carcosa because then they would all flip back to cave. Which means then, this is a problem for a future turn, I feel like it's just on the edge of my grasp, but we could, if we go back to the spiral staircase and flip it, we get two caves and three Carcosa, which is the setup we want for Impassable Ravine. Having done lost the memory to flip it yeah that's good that works that does work let's do this turn though we've bar found in and we're on a beast of Aldebaran. we're paying two resources to play i've got a plan it's using our intellect and we've got inquiring mind here so we are a five six seven on three skull is a minus two that's a four damage hit because we have three clues. Is that right? Yes, because we've spent one for one flip. We'll try the same again, spending another two clues. I'm wondering if we pick up a perception from us to refill our hand. No, because we actually want to slot that if we're doing that. This is another seven on three. Minus one. The beast is dead. That is a... Efficient killing, I would say, if I can say so myself. We're going to now lose one memory to eight. Choose any cave or Carcosa location and flip it to its other side. We'll flip the impassable ravine. It's the yellow throne where Tassilda reigns. It's two shroud and one clue, so it now has two clues. If there are six Carcosa locations in play and each investigator is at this location, read the set-aside locks the expedition story card, max once per game. So that's the same as the other side. So I don't know if we do need to do that, having said we probably do. And then finally, let's exhaust ancestral knowledge, pick up, I guess, the inquiring mind. And we're going to do this Hasta's domain test. Sorry, this turn turned really long. 
we can now walk into the Yellow Throne, which is great, and we can read Lost Expedition. And we've got clues for other flipping. We just need to make sure we're in the right position to do that. We've also got two segments in hand, so we could turn on Pendant of the Queen, fitting, to go meet the princess. We are a five agility or a five willpower. So we'll do willpower test. Oh, that should have given us a horror as well for doing that flip. So let's do this test first, and then I will do the flip either way. Two up. Zero. Okay. So if I'd just been concentrating, we wouldn't have taken a horror, so I'm not going to give myself a horror there. It's just a lot. It's got into my head about the brain burn, and I'm freaking out. We can also flip our location. We don't want to do that, because that would turn that back into a cave, the Yellow Throne. So we won't. Upkeep. We've got Whispers from the Deep. We hit five resources, we hit six doom, and our encounter card is scene shifting. We have to place one doom on the current agenda. This is the one which the doom will move each enemy, so we're up to seven doom. And it surges into broken reality. Attach this card to a cave or Carcosia location with the fewest, fewest clues without a copy of broken reality attached. So that is either the palace gates or the spiral staircase. After you flip the attached location, flip it back to its original side and discard this card. And as an action, spend one clue, discard this card. I think we put that on the spiral staircase because we probably want to clear that and be in control of what side we want things on. Amanda does Amanda things, drawing a manual dexterity and slotting whispers from the deep. Bit nasty, but there we go. We pathfind into the yellow throne. No, 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 no. Let me get my ordering right. My ordering was move to spiral staircase, clear broken reality, do the flip, and then hope to move in. So yeah, we'll pathfind in. We'll spend a clue to get rid of broken reality. We'll then spend a clue fast. This is uh, before second action to flip spiral staircase. And when it flips, we move each location at spiral staircase to a connecting location. So spiral staircase becomes a bottomless pit cave and palace gates becomes the hidden passage. They're both caves generating a clue. The stalagmite forest flips. It is now the labyrinths of Tazilok, two shroud and now has two clues forced at the end of your turn. If you're at this location, take a horror. And it says, if this location is the only Carcosa location in play, read the set-aside-for-you-alone story card. Ah, I see the problem. It also flips the Cyclopean Caverns. They're the Grand Ballroom. Forswoud, another two clues. If this location is the only Carcosa location in play, read the set-aside-arrival-of-the-king story card, max once per game. There's no one here, only statues and paintings to greet you. And let me guess, the fourth story card will be on the Gardens of Thothut which is three shroud and now two clues. It gets plus one shroud for each connecting lake Carcosa location. So it's five shroud. And if this location is the only Carcosa location in play, read the set aside delight story card max once per game. Great. We need to <laughs> find a way of turning each sequence so that each of these three is the only one in play. We get a free move from that. So we'll move to the gardens of thought thought. This is all right still. So we did Pathfind in, action to clear that card. Flip, which moved us back. We've got two actions left. We'll move to the yellow phone and we'll flip it, spending our last clue, which flips it and the three connecting locations. 
generates like a shed load of clues. And this has worked out all right because we are now at the Impossible Ravine. There are no Carcosa locations in play and each investigator is at this location. So we can read the Set Aside Lost, Lost Expedition story card. And there should be three clues here. I'm thinking that also Pendant of the Queen is going to be really useful for this Lost Expedition. Oh no. If this is the first time you read this, eventually you come across the bodies of several cultists, the missing survey team. They've abandoned their helmets and died from sudden fatal decompression. When you scan their notes, your worst fears have been confirmed. Tisilda no longer exists in this dimension, but is elevated into godhood and now resides along with her father between the fabric of space-time and within the core of all stars. And yet, there is a greater complication, for the survey team's notes also unmask the true nature of the King in Yellow. Our destruction gives it form, our violence gives it name, our screams give it a voice. It is no more of a deity than gravity is, no matter how many people worship and ascribe it to personality and intelligence. It is the thermodynamic concept of entropy itself that you face, the gradual and inevitable decline of any system into absolute chaos. And, by all understandings of physics, there is no stopping it. Regardless of if this is the first time you've read this, advance the current act and set this card aside out of play. Well, we found the way to advance. The end. You will never know if Tisilda was real, but what you've learned from these cultists is that the arcane ritual that supposedly released her has also accelerated the increasing entropy of the universe. In fact, K2PS187 announced that with the new constants in play, the sun itself will implode in just a few more years and annihilate everything within a few light years. You search the cultists for any methods to reverse this action, but find no solutions to this impossible puzzle. The only hope left is to try to survive the supernova and save as many as you can. As you contemplate your next steps, the entire asteroid begins trembling and an inhuman roar echoes through the halls and caverns behind you. Advance to Agenda 2A and Act 3A. Do not remove Doom from play. Move all Doom from Agenda 1 to Agenda 2A and spawn the set-aside cave-dweller enemy at the abandoned lander. Wow. Strong feeling that I have just completely messed up there. I wonder if what I should have been doing is actually doing the other story cards first, but I don't know. Have I just gone straight to the end of the scenario? Okay, let's do the Cave Dweller first, and then we'll do Act and Agenda. This is four fight, four health, six evade, monster, cultist, and humanoid, massive, retaliate, and hunter, and forced, when its location is flipped, exhausted. It hits for three damage, it's a veep, and it says a perversion of what used to be human. It looks a little bit like a cave troll from Lord of the Rings. So that's at the Abandoned Lander. Agenda 2A. Shall dry and die. Your landing must have disturbed the pocket reality hidden within Fragment. The entire asteroid is beginning to collapse, and soon you'll be trapped within. Get out of here while you still can. Surface of Fragment gains. Action. Resign. And it's 19 Doom, but we have added 7 already, so we have 12 left. Act 3A. The Unspeakable Truth. You won't be able to warn anyone of the impending doom if you don't get out of this one alive. You must escape this asteroid as soon as you can. If you're at a cave or Carcosa location, spend one clue as a group, do a flip. 
If each undefeated investigator has resigned, advance. So we did action clear, action move. We have a single action left. Now this is a weird one to me. In terms of victory points in play, were we to clear the ravine, that would be one more victory point. There's clearly three other story cards, and we clearly can still flip. And there's also a victory point on the cave dweller. And we can teleport to surface of fragment. And as long as the hidden passage isn't its other side, you cannot resign while Palace Gates is in play. We're all right. And by teleport, I mean we've got the two segment of Olex online. So I'm going to pay two straight away and bring out the Pendant of the Queen, mainly as a kind of fearful measure. That's now in play. I think we pick up the perception from underneath us and we try and get the three clues here. And we saw from the back of all of these locations that they have to be the only one in play. So how do we get this to work again? Ah, so the Cyclopean Caverns, we can do like we did. If the Cyclopean Caverns was, we went to it and flipped it using that ability and one of our memories, it would be the only Carcosa location in play and we'd be able to read the next story card. Then we'd spend a clue... Then we spend a clue to flip it back, and that would flip everything else. Carcosa, 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 Carcosa. I'm just using dice to mark what would happen. Gosh, this is a real brain burner. See, I just wonder with that 19 Doom Threshold, do we try and do some more? So I think we pick up Perception with Ancestral Knowledge, and I think last action we draw. It's a crack the case, which would be great here and would set up a nice perception-based turn next turn. Enemy phase, the cave dweller hunts into the hidden passageway. Upkeep, we draw an enraptured. <laughs> Perfect timing for Pendant of the Queen. We hit eight doom, and our encounter card is broken reality. Attach this to a cave or Carcosa location with the fewest clues without a copy of broken reality, so it goes on the bottomless pit. That's a bit annoying, that one. It's the one that forces it to flip back. But eh, we don't mind too much. And Amanda does Amanda things. We draw a Dream Enhancing Serum. Yay! And we slot Whispers from the Deep. So if we put Perception underneath us, we could play Dream Enhancing Serum and investigate twice here, committing an Inquiring Mind and an Essence of the Dream. Or if we commit, put Essence of the Dream underneath us, we won't give us enough icons. First action, we play DES. Second action, we investigate. We're a five on four. We'll put in an enraptured to be six on four. We're at a cave. Two up is great. Hmm. Four up for loads of cards is even better. We'll put in Inquiring Mind. Minus five. Damn. Okay, no joy for enraptured. And last action, we'll investigate again. We're one up. I think we commit an Eye of Truth. Oh, first we draw of an Eye of Truth, which triggers Dream Enhancing Serum, drawing us a Pathfinder. And then we try again. I was hoping to get two clues and then Pen of the Queen, the last one. Nine on four, zero. We get a clue. We draw two cards. It's a dream enhancing serum and a working a hunch. We have no resources because we've gone broke, so we can't just cheekily buy 
a clue here, but that's all right. We've rebuilt our hand. I'm playing a bit fast and loose here because I've got the backup of the pendant to just teleport me out of trouble. That's our three, right? We did play DES, perception, perception, investigate, investigate, failing the first man. Enraptured, I think Enraptured is coming out of the deck and it's either going to become a logical reasoning four or something else. Enemy phase, the cave dweller can now hunt into the bottomless pit. Upkeep, I draw an occult lexicon, just when I'm broke. We go to one resource. We hit nine doom and our encounter card is... Hasta's Domain. Okay, that's the one where if you flip a location, it take a horror. Amanda does Amanda things. Drawing a Witten Green. Probably slotting a Witten Green. Oh, hang on. Are we over card limit? We were one over card hand limit last turn with no duplicates. Because we're broke, we'll get rid of the other Dream Enhancing Serum. I think we slot Witten. Okay, back to scheming. We're at 9 of 19 Doom. If we get these two clues here... We're only a three on. Maybe we don't slot Witten. Maybe we slot the other Eye of Truth here. We're about to loop our deck. We've got five cards left in our deck. We would investigate, investigate. That would get us clues there. Pathfind into the Cyclopean Caverns. Flip it and do the thing. And we'd still have a Pendant of the Queen and one action to potentially resign if we see what the other things are. So that seems like a plan. So that makes us two, six on four. We'll investigate with Essence of the Dream. Eight on four. Minus one, clue. We'll commit working a hunch to the eight on four. Skull minus two, clue. That's the Veep, which is nice. We'll pathfind the Cyclopean Caverns. We'll adjust our memories down by one. We're at seven memories to flip the caverns. We do have the Cave Dweller right next to us. That does mean that now the Grand Ballroom is the only location in play. It now has eight clues, so we can read Arrival of the King. And we take a horror for that because of Hasta's Domain. Standing and sitting in small groups around the ballroom are statues of the inhabitants of the palace. They're all gaily dressed for a masquerade, though they have all unmasked. On closer inspection, you realise the statues are speaking in low, stunned tones, as if time here has slowed almost to a standstill. They share amongst each other the faintest rumours about the royal family of Carcosa. It's an echo of the moment the city of Ytil, Y-H-T-I-L-L, wherein the palace lay, became Carcosa, and the royal family of the palace learned that they were inevitably doomed. They stand around now, morose and uncertain. The people of the palace were truly lost in both mind and soul. Each investigator may cross out any amount of tally marks next to their memories. For every two per investigator tally marks just crossed out, you may cross out one tally mark under impending doom. Our impending doom currently is six. So we could go down to five memories and five impending doom. I have no idea whether that will do anything. And this card gets added to the victory display, and it's a veep. Hmm. Do we lose an impending doom to five for two memories? I wonder if impending doom will matter going into the final scenario. 
for instance, if you have between four and eight impending doom, add two doom to the agenda, so on and so forth. This is where face check doesn't really help. Impending doom seems bad. It seems like we're just throwing memories away. I think I'll get rid of one. So we did investigate, investigate, pathfind, flip, read. We have one action left, which could be to resign now. Our hand is Pathfinder Occult Lexicon. Ooh, I forgot to crack the case. <laughs> wow. The brain burn is real. So I cracked the case when we got the four clues. Uh, Wit and Green and Manual Dexterity. And we've also got this Echoes of Tisilda. If we'd be defeated by horror, we would get a VP. Unfortunately, the Cave Dweller hits for three damage, which isn't going to help us. We could get there with Hasta's Domain and flipping cards, but it's going to take a while. We could use the Pendant to just shut down the Cave Dweller now. If we were to loop our deck, we could then kill off the Cave Dweller. We do have time. How would we... If we now flip back to Cave here, these four become Carcosa. And then if I go and flip here, this becomes Carcosa. And these two come back. So I would need to use another memory to flip that one. By that one, I mean Stalactite Forest. It's looking complicated to do, and we have the Cave Dweller on us, and we have no damage options. We can use Pendant of the Queen to hold it down. I think we just cut our losses and leave. I feel like I've only barely scratched the surface with this scenario. I'm sneaking out three Veeps. Alternative is I last action player cult Lexicon. Ooh, well, there's a good chance of getting the damage like that. Let's do that. Last action, I'll play a cult lexicon for two. Putting a blood right in my hand and shuffling two into my deck. I'll spend a pendant of the queen charge to... I guess I don't want to take three damage until I know I've got another blood right in hand. So yeah, I'll spend a pendant of the queen charge to automatically evade the cave dweller. Upkeep. I draw a second blood right and go up to four resources. I'll also Ancestral Knowledge to pick up the Promise of Power. Mythos, we hit 10 of 19 Doom. And our encounter card is Sophistic Spires. It's an obstacle. Two fight, five health, five evade. Spawn at the nearest Carcosa location. It's massive and it does not attack during the enemy phase. And midnight sounded from the misty spires in the fog-wrapped city. And it hits for two horror. Wow. If we had it hit us twice, we would get a VP from Echoes of Tisilda. Amanda does Amanda things. Drawing a manual dexterity. Exhausting Dream Enhancing Serum to draw. A Dream Diary, Dreams of the Explorer. Discarding Eye of Truth. Picking something to put underneath. Probably this Witten now. Thinking. We could. Pendant of the Queen here to exhaust the Sophistic Spires. Or Pendant of the Queen. I oh, know we can't move into the bottomless pit. I see. After you enter bottomless pit, move to any other non-surface location. Take three direct damage and lose all remaining actions. So either the Cave Dweller is hitting us or we're moving in to be hit. So why don't we, for instance, draw two cards now, taking two horror, cancelling the remaining horror and getting this Echoes of Tisilda Mind out of our hand. Or we could even just take two resources to do that. And then we would teleport out of there. It's massive, so it wouldn't come with us. 
out to the surface of Fragment and the cave dweller would hunt back up to the hidden passage to deal with us, what would we do with our last action? Don't need to dream diary. Don't need to play this. This seems nice. Maybe try and clear Hasta's domain. So yeah, first action will draw. It's the third blood ride. Fortunately, DES can't fire. I think I missed the DES fire last turn. Second action will take five resources. So we take two damage, two attacks of opportunity. Uh, yeah, two attacks of opportunity. Two horror for the first attack of opportunity. And the second attack of opportunity, we cancel that horror because we would be defeated and add Echoes of Desilda Mind to the victory display. We exhaust the Pendant of the Queen and teleport to Surface of Fragment. And our last action, we are a Willpower 3. Oh, I forgot to add Essence of the Dream to my hand. So we're a three on three. I could commit that essence of the dream for plus four. Minus five. Damn. That's my turn. I don't want to do anything else. Enemy faves. The cave dweller hunts to the hidden passage. Upkeep. We draw a burning the midnight oil. We are over hand size here with a pathfinder, two mandex, three blood rites, a promise of power, a dream diary, and a burning the midnight oil. Except we're not, thanks to DES awesomeness. And we hit six resources. Doom takes us to 11 of 19, and our encounter card is Madness of Carcosa. Surge, Peril, and Hidden. Secretly add this card to your hand. After an investigator is defeated, add this card to the victory display, and it's victory two. Is this the closest that, that we've got to a sort of traitor scenario where you might be encouraging people to be defeated for reasons that you don't want to make clear? Let's go for the kill on the cave dweller. Amanda does Amanda things, drawing a Eureka. Not sure what we slot, so I'll put the promise of power. We'll pathfind into the hidden passage. The cave dweller is considered engaged with us. First action, I'll play a blood rite to draw two cards. It's a working hunch and I need to shuffle up. And a perception, and that horrifies me, so we're up to six of seven horror. Scary now. And then for each card, I can discard up to two cards from my hand. I'll discard two manual dexterity. I can spend two resources, taking us down to four resources to deal two damage. And then let's do the same thing again. I'll play a second blood ride. Draw two cards. It's an inquiring mind, and an occult invocation. I'll discard this Pathfinder and Dream Diary from my hand and go down to two resources, and that is the Cave Dweller dead. I'll spend the last charge from Pendant of the Queen to teleport back to Surface of Fragment, and that location has a resign action and final action. I will resign. Not adding Madness of Carcosa for two Veep to the victory display, but in those last two turns, I've snuck Cave Dweller and Echoes of Tisilda into the victory display, and I got Arrival of the King as well. So we come out with four VP in the victory display and one at the Impassable Ravine, and we advance. Oh, wait, please be the end. Back to reality. If each undefeated investigator has resigned, you hang on tight as the shuttle lifts off the asteroid moments before it crumbles into itself, leaving only a puff of yellow dust in its wake. Resolution 3. Then it says, otherwise, if you were instructed to advance by a card other than Act 3A. Oof. How do you get to that? Did we skip an act somewhere? I don't know. So that one, 
has record that you know of the abjuration of the throne. And that is the thing that says, that's the one that's in the FAQ saying, how do you get there? Which is really weird. I haven't seen a hint of where that is. It might be on one of the other two stories. Where did the spawn of Harley come in? Or were they just not added? I missed them. Okay, resolution three. I'm sorry, I'm kind of like stunned by that scenario. Partly the puzzle was very brain burny, but also just that was hard. When you finally regroup back on the Tatadamalian, all you can think of is all the time you could have saved if only you remembered the real threat you face. The sun only has a few years left to shine and most of humanity is oblivious to its imminent demise. In the face of this impending doom, you know what you must do. Save as many as you can before the inevitable. Each investigator earns experience equal to the victory X value of each card in the victory display. That's five. And we go to scenario six, Starfall. And I'm going to peek ahead and see if it cares about memories or impending doom. Yeah, for every tally mark under impending doom in your campaign log, begin the scenario with one additional doom on the agenda. So should I have shedded? I could have have started two doom fewer. And that... (laughs) Wow, that's the end of Fragment of Carcosa. The The puzzle element of it found maybe... The other ones I found I've been able to get my head around. This puzzle element I found much trickier. I felt like I was missing something. I think maybe it's the way I've laid out my locations, perhaps, that didn't help. Like, visually, I couldn't see it as well. But cool storyline and just sort of um, bleak. The main feeling I got was, wow, this has suddenly got very, very bleak, that we reached this point and it was like, oh yeah, by the way, everything's doomed. That was pretty sucky in a good way. What else can I say about it? Yeah, that's kind of it, I guess. It was, yeah, pretty heavy. It's funny because I felt, the last time I played, I think I had a really bad headache and felt like it was very clear, the play. This time, I don't know if it's been that clear, I think I kind of slightly went into that zone I sometimes go into of I can see the route, but I don't name all of the things I need to do in that route. So I hope it's easy enough to follow. I hope you've enjoyed it. And yeah, join in, join me for the next one, which will be the finale and sort of blink of an eye and we're done with this. I really hope you've enjoyed this. I really hope, you know, maybe maybe we can catch a game on Tabletop Simulator sometime of this campaign because it's been really fascinating and I think it really deserves a reconsideration and like a full exploration of the ins and outs of it. I think there's something that is quite impressive if you can design a campaign where it's not immediately apparent what all of the mechanical things do. So, you know, impending doom, I had a sense that the last scenario it would add doom, but it wasn't so explicit that I was like, well, that's an obvious thing to avoid. And in fact, some of the ways I've got impending doom so far have been out of my hands. So I think, yeah, I think that's been really impressive, really enjoyable. Anyway, I won't take up more of your time. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and yeah, look forward to bringing you lots more soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Although your scanners have not detected any anomaly, anom- anom- <laughs> <laughs>